If we die, we die together. You can get it done. You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? Welcome into Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the Big Dog, Rick Watson. Take care of things as I'm here in North Charleston. Hour number two underway. 639-4900-744-2990. A lot of folks are chiming in on the uh, text line. Appreciate all the comments. People saying that it sounds like we're in studio together, Dan. That's that's the whole that's the whole concept. Well, there's a big banner of your silhouette in front of me, and I can just imagine <laughs> you. Sorry about that. <laughs> I apologize about that. No one's ever moved it, so I don't even know what's under it. <laughs> That's where we hide all of our gold, right behind the banner. If I move it, uh, maybe I can see uh, Curtis working over there. Yeah, yeah. well, nobody wants to see that. But anyway, <laughs> we hope everybody's doing okay wherever you might be as we're uh, here for hoops tonight. 6.30 will be on the air here on this very station. 7 o'clock will be the uh, tip-off. And you have two teams battling for the same thing. The winner stays out of the Wednesday play-in game. The team that comes up on the short end, well, they're looking at maybe having to play an extra game still with a lot to be decided in the final Saturday coming up. So, yeah, a lot going on, a lot going on in, in hoops. And it's crazy that you play this long season. We talk about college basketball, and it's true. It's a marathon. You have good moments during the season. You have kind of – Roller coaster results, and then you have a bad slope as Radford's coming off of, and then you win a couple games, and well, then you're a huge you're a huge college basketball fan. You see it, right? I mean, it's it's crazy all the different ebbs and flows the season takes, isn't it? I've done this a long time, twenty four years calling these games, and it's the same thing every year, <laughs> every year. Yeah, no, it's crazy. We're getting to that crazy part of the season, especially with how late we are, and especially yeah. with how. I'd say volatile college basketball is because, I mean, just I, – I honestly have no idea who's that good this year. Um, I mean, you got the normal teams at the top, and it kind of – you go back one year, the names seem similar. It's just you don't know who's going to, you know, elevate above that. College basketball is in a really weird state to me too just because of – it's not like it was, you know, just a handful of years ago. You know, we don't have those star players where you know – where they've already right. been at the same school for a while. Like, UConn's a really good program, obviously, defending national champions. Maybe it's just because I'm not up to speed and I haven't watched a lot of UConn games. They don't have, like, the name brands. They don't have the name talent. You know, they don't have a Kemba Walker. 
this year. And I'm not necessarily saying it has to be a guy that's going to the NBA, but that's just kind of where college basketball is. There's not those defining stars. I think your biggest star in college basketball right now is probably like Zach Eady at Purdue. And even then, it's, you know, is Purdue actually going to do anything this year? Because they haven't done anything before. Well, that's that's a very good point. I think I think that given where we are with the portal and, and guys going to the G League, you're going to see less and less of major star power. I think that's a good point. You don't have those guys that are – and it's just where we are in college sports. I mean, it's going to be the same thing in, in college football, a little less so because you have to be out three years before you can go pro. But you're right. It, it And even, you know – <clears throat> the big guy at Purdue is not really somebody people know about, right? Right? So, yeah, I think Wayne's right. Wayne from Ohio, the women's game right now has more stars because they don't leave early. Absolutely. Right? Caitlin, Caitlin Clark, and let's just say it the way it is, Caitlin Clark is the biggest star in college basketball, I think. Is that safe to say? Easily. Because, yeah, no, someone said, because, I mean, we're talking all about how uh, college football is getting the video game back this summer. And so, you know, there are people pining to bring back college basketball. And so th- this is kind of where the conversation started. It's, okay, who are we putting on the cover? And unironically, you're putting Caitlin Clark on that cover. Because, I mean, you're going to put the women's game. You're going to put the women's half of that in the game. So you're going you're gonna to put her on the cover. She's the biggest star. She's the biggest draw uh, of as an individual player. I mean, we saw the numbers for the Final Four in the National Championship last year when Iowa was in it, Iowa-LSU. That was a huge, huge game. Uh, for women's basketball, for college basketball. It pulled in some insane numbers, pulled in more numbers than, I think, NBA Finals games. So she's an insane draw. They have stars all over the place. Uh, when they move to the WNBA, the fact that we're going to know a lot of those uh, players, I think is going to see a big boost for that league um, because the, the women's side of the sport is just on fire right now. You don't have that and same juice on the men's side. No, no. It's a shame – I wish that the women had a better professional league reputation to go into. I guess that's the best way to say it. The WNBA is is very – I don't know how to say this. It, it doesn't <laughs> – it's not very popular. Let's just put it that way. It exists because the NBA supports it. I wish there was a better environment for these ladies to go into. I wish there was a better um, reception from the public about – professional women's basketball you know the league was doing okay for a while it's gotten um, a bad reputation for the style of play and some of the players I mean the whole Brittany Griner thing just brought down the reputation of the league let's just say it the way it is people don't follow that league but you're right maybe maybe this influx of stars coming out maybe maybe this is what they need just like Magic and Bird when they came in the league in the 80s the NBA was way down in 1980 I mean it was bankruptcy there was a very unpopular fans weren't going the ratings were bad those two guys came in and I look I know women's basketball will never at the professional level uh, approach you know the men's side but they can get themselves back on ground a little bit right with these players if they but that, that's the thing about it. they don't market the league because the NBA handles all the marketing I mean there, there's not any kind of marketability there at least you don't see it uh, very often, only to a select group, and that's the problem. And, um, but, yeah, maybe so. Maybe the, the generational player like Clark will be that uh, will be that player that helps bring it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, no, I think that 
when you're looking at it from that perspective, yeah, there's not. I just think there hasn't been as much to market, and there's still you know plenty of talent in the WNBA. I think you're just seeing a different level of attention mm-hmm. with Caitlin Clark uh, right now, and I mean it's her especially. But then I mean you look, you're going to look at the some of the names at the top of the WNBA draft next year, and I mean there's bona fide college stars. They're like like you said, it's because they're able to hang around for longer. They're at the top programs. They've built the top programs. You know they're in the championship conversation every year. So the popularity of these players, I think, will go hand-in-hand hand with seeing an increase in marketing. And look, I thought about this at the beginning of last summer, too. It's, there is an opportunity for the WNBA to grow itself because when you get to the summer, when you get to the dog days of summer, what do you got in terms of sports in the United States? You're looking at baseball, which is, I mean, as we talked about at the start of the show today, it's you know, kind of killing itself. But you know, baseball is your main competitor. Uh, what else do you really have? I mean, in the summer on Sundays, you're still and on the weekends, you're still dealing with NASCAR, which is a dying fandom. But I mean, to be completely honest with you, I think I, I have a feeling NASCAR is going to come back a little bit this year. Uh, this past race was really, really special, um, and you're seeing a lot of attention paid to it on social media. But there's there, there's a there there's a piece of or a slice of pie, as you would. There, there's a slice of uh, fan attention that the WNBA can carve out for itself. Um, with when it, with where it inserts itself on the schedule. I mean, you're not paying much attention to football, which is really the killer of it. NHL and NBA are all settled with their championships. No one cares about spring football. So I, there is an opportunity there, and I think uh, I, I think we're going to see some more attention paid to it uh, this year. I, I think it'll be a, definitely a sight to see. Well, we'll see what Clark decides to do. She has another year of eligibility. She's getting paid handsomely at Iowa. That's the thing, too. The money just isn't there. If we see if we see <laughs> an influx there, in money, I right? think we will see. Because, I mean, right now, Paige Becker's at UConn. I, I mean, she obviously had two of her seasons derailed by injury. But she's a fantastic player at a story program. Has not won a championship for UConn yet, but she's helped get them to Final Fours. Uh, but she's an extremely talented player who absolutely should be going pro. But UConn's got that NIL money. And that's why she's staying for another year. She's got an extra year of eligibility. So she's staying. She already said, this will not be my last senior day. And so she's coming back next year when she is absolutely someone who could play at the pro level. And that's kind of where the discussion is, I mean, locally. George Amore has one year of eligibility left, and we're chanting one more year at College Game Day for her. Uh, Liz Kitley has has to go after this season. But Georgia could stay. And, you know, based on where she's slotted, I mean, she's slotted as a first-round pick. But, you know, if... Texas NIL collectives want to saddle up the bags, Georgia Amore could get paid more to stay in Blacksburg than go play professional basketball in the United States. And that's just kind of where the state of the WNBA is versus the college game. Like, Caitlin Clark should have absolutely gone to the draft last year in terms of talent, and she would have been the first pick in the draft by far. But she stayed because Iowa wanted her to stay. And that's just where that disparity is. You're not going to see that uh, with the amount of clout and with the amount of money that the NBA has for its rookies. Uh, compared to what NIL collectives can, can offer uh, on the men's side. So it's just a huge uh, discrepancy on that side of the sport, which I think is what, why you're seeing these players kind of stay behind. Yeah, and the discrepancy's there because WBA, let's just say it the way it is, it doesn't make money. It That's loses right. money. It loses millions of dollars every year that the NBA has to fortify, and that's why the salaries are down. I mean, that's that's just the way it is. But you're right, I think 
given certain collection. Now, Georgia is not coming back to Tech. People need to get that out of their head. She's not. Uh, even if she doesn't go to the WNBA, she came back. She was a package deal with uh, Liz to come back. They each got paid. And she's going to either do a WNBA or she'll – she's talked – I think she kind of – I get the feeling she wants to be back home. There's some really good leagues over there too. Um, we'll see what she ends up doing. But she won't be back in Blacksburg. Um, I know she has a year left. But there's a reason she was recognized on senior day because she's indicated she's not going to uh, be back. But um, – you're right. I, I just I just think these stars will say why do, why would I leave? Why would I leave? And I don't think a lot of ladies um, like the style of play in the WNBA. It's it's not a very good. In other words, the college game, the transition of how beautiful the women's college game is, doesn't translate to the WNBA. I mean, the women's college basketball outrates the NBA when it goes head to head. I'm talking about the NBA. It did so. The ratings last year were so huge for a reason because of the appreciation of the way the women's game is played. It reminds us of fundamental basketball. reminds us of games below the rim like most of us play. And we appreciate the way the ladies go about it, the, the offenses they run, and so many players getting involved. It's not what we see at the NBA level. So we, we absorb it. We appreciate it. And it's the way the game should be played. But then – they segue to the next level, and it just becomes kind of like the NBA, right? They get into the lifestyle and, and everything else, and um, it just gets bogged down. And professional basketball in this country has got a lot of issues right now, right? I, I got to be on Dan, if you're sitting around, you know, and you've got an option, are you going to sit around and watch an NBA game or a WNBA game? What choice would that be on your sports menu? Uh, per- personally, that's always a matter of if it's a Tuesday or Thursday night. And, you know, we got the primetime games on TNT. Usually they try to get a good matchup in, and I like the broadcast teams. You know, I love uh, the TNT crew in the studio. So I'm usually watching just for them. Um, I'm not usually too hot on the matchups. I mean, it's always usually like the Lakers or something. Uh, but and you're right. At this point in the season, yeah, and they tried to remedy this with the um, limits on how many games you have to play, the minimums on how many games you have to play in order to be considered for some postseason awards. But even then, you still don't know who's going to be playing. Uh, I, I would say NBA is usually a situational thing. I'm never going out of my way to um, watch a particular matchup on any given night. Maybe that's because I'm a Pistons fan and they're dreadful. Uh, if if that changed, maybe I'd be a little bit more involved. But, yeah, the NBA just does not have me hooked. Um, I, I do like to, every once in a while, check in on how Victor Wembanyama's doing because he's amazing, and he should absolutely be a Detroit Piston. But the lottery was rigged, so... Yeah, it was. that was never going to happen. Was. Yeah, it was, and that's the problem with the NBA. It's just got such a self-imposed reputation problem. The All Star Weekend was the culmination of how bad the product really is and what's been allowed to happen in that league, and it's a shame. It really is. Um, Adam Silver is he, he. We have a lot of bad commissioners in our sports leagues, right? Rob Manfred is just. Everything that's bad about Major League Baseball, Roger Goodell is just a shill who has no backbone about anything as long as he's making his $55 million a year. Um, And now you have, you know, Adam Silver who's allowed the players basically to run the league and no leadership there, and you're seeing it, which is why we get the fallout that we got from All-Star Weekend, a 211 to 186 game. I mean, it's just ridiculous with the load management and everything else, and I think – People in this country, 
that they're counting on to buy tickets and to be courtside and to spend sponsorships, right? These corporate uh, suites and things like that are looking at it going, eh, I don't know, ratings on TV aren't great. There's a lot of things that's got to happen in that league. We'll see going forward. And the WNBA is uh, kind of falling, you know, it's falling victim to what the NBA's doing to itself. If they're not going to promote themselves and build their own sport up, they're sure as heck not going to spend time doing it on the women's side. All right. So, anyway, um, we'll see. We'll see what's going on, and we'll find out exactly how it all works. But um, Caitlin Clark is a, a, a mega superstar, and she's fun to watch. And I believe just watching her, there's been some really great – you know, you can talk about Diana Taurasi, Cheryl Miller way back in the day. There's been other great women's players, but um, – I believe we're now witnessing the greatest women's basketball player of all time. I really do. Uh, I think she's that player. And we'll see. We'll see if she can put that game at the next level on her back and take it into a different stratosphere. I don't know whether she can. Um, she's kind of a polarizing personality. Um, all the court storming that's gone on, there were people that were trying to put the blame on her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to talk about that next segment. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable uh, that people are blaming players for however they react to all of a sudden having dozens and dozens of people running right at them. We'll talk about that when we come back down. I'd, li I'd like to get your take on that. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We've got Bill Roth, David Till. We've got a Hall of Fame hour number three queued up for you here on this Wednesday from North Charleston, South Carolina. Tonight, the Highlanders take on the Bucks. More coming up. Stay with us. Don't go away. Charleston to the New River Valley and beyond. Welcome back to the program here as we roll along on this Wednesday. Appreciate Dan sitting back in the studio. About to hit the bottom of the hour. He and I will get into uh, his opinion on the whole court storming. Uh, my opinion has been well documented in recent days. Um, utter complete failure of the administrations of these schools, and I fall on the long lines of uh, Seth Greenberg and Jay Billis for their public criticisms of it. And um, we'll see what Dan thinks on the other side of it. Bill Roth coming up, the Roth Report, and then uh, David Teal. Of course, Bill's going to recap last night's men's loss, um, talk about the women's game on Sunday. He's going to get into the whole court storming. They were throwing bottles, by the way, on the floor last night at the Texas Tech game. I mean, <laughs> again, <laughs> just because you buy a ticket, uh, that doesn't give you the right to do these idiotic things. Um, we'll talk about that, the SMA update, Baker team game of the week, and his NRV Heart Clinic top three. All that's coming up with Bill Roth in the Roth Report at 8.05. And then David Teal after that, and we'll get his take on many of these topics as well. Hall of Famers there, Dan, so that's good to hear from those guys. Yeah, I always have to get them on the program. I can't wait to talk about this after the break because I, yeah. I have not yeah. caught your most recent shows. So I would yeah. love to hash this out with you. I don't want to know what you know yet. Well, I mean, I already know. I already okay. know. You just told me. 
but I did. I just kind of gave it away. Uh, kind of gave it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll we'll go into it for sure. You holding up okay? We're halfway home. You, you know what? Right? Uh, I think it's starting to hit a little bit, but I do have a backup. I do have my Red Bull, so uh, okay, we'll figure good. it out. Good, good. All right, we're coming up as we're uh, halfway home here from the uh, lobby of the uh, Fairfield Marriott here in North Charleston, South Carolina. We're coming up here as we roll along. Stay with us. Don't go away. great song we're not quite in georgia we are in south carolina here at uh, the north charleston fairfield marriott highlanders take on the bucks of csu tonight the winner will be in a good spot they won't have to worry about any kind of play-in mathematical possibilities after the results on saturday 639-4900-744-2990 bill roth and david teal coming up in hour number three, Dan Steinbach back in the studio, pushing all the buttons, aiding with commentary, taking care of the show. And he'll be doing so tomorrow with uh, Lord only knows who <laughs> with him tomorrow. We'll figure it out. <laughs> also, Rick, I just have to interject here. I just had perhaps the first I – don't, I don't even know what I would call this because I don't want to call it an adult moment. Uh, I just want to call it a moment that I <laughs> – was not expecting me to have this early on in my life. Maybe I'm just yeah. tired, but yeah. honestly, this did just sneak up on me. I'm not one of those people that believes that, like, forgetting a, an anniversary is something that should happen. Like, if sure. if you if you sure. love your partner and you care about them, you're gonna remember when your anniversary is, and you're gonna have it circled on the calendar. You're gonna yeah. have yeah. you're gonna prepare it. I don't know. All, I don't have all of the birthdays in my immediate family. Or not necessarily immediate, but uh, let's let's go out a little further out from nuclear. I, I don't like I don't know exactly. I know my sister and my grandma share a birthday. I know that. Um, but aside from like my other grandparents and my cousins, I don't have many of them. But I, I don't remember everyone's birthday, uh, you know, around me in my life. However, I completely forgot what today was, and I just want to take this moment uh, to wish a happy birthday to my father. <laughs> 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 my sister now i'm assuming he's awake um uh, maybe he's listening who knows i doubt it but she just shoots the family chat with a happy yeah. birthday dad and i honestly have no idea how this happens so that is the first ever time in my life where like an immediate family or like a, a date like that now maybe it's easy because my personal anniversary with my significant other is on a very memorable date. It's on ten uh, ten, so that's that's very easy to remember. But the fact that I just completely blanked on what time of the month of February we were getting to, uh, yeah. So that just happened, and well, um, that's, I'm feeling that's okay. I'm, I'm feeling all right as lo- as long as uh, this doesn't continue to happen, and as long as it doesn't get uh, normalized, I'll be fine. That just kind of hit me like a truck, you know. Well, he'll never know, though. He'll right? never know. He'll, he'll I, never I said know. happy birthday to him. So exactly. I, I'm, exactly. I'm going to call him right after the show. He's thinking, wow, that's so cool, man. All that's so kids. nice of my children yeah, to remember my exactly. birthday before I even wake up. 
Well, I appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing uh, your conscience with us here on the program. That's kind of what we do on a daily basis here on the show. <laughs> it's all for entertainment. It's all for entertainment. If I just say that to myself, it's all, it's there all good. You go. There you go. No, it happens. I get it. It happens. You get busy. Things going on. I mean, it's not like you're taking a light load of classes. I mean, so. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I decided yeah. to take my last semester of school seriously go. because there I'm dumb. Go. Whatever. Absolutely. Though. Absolutely. All right. Court storming. Um, everybody knows how I feel, but it was interesting. We did have a few people that were trying to defend the fans' right to do this nonsense. I, I'll never understand it. Uh, even before it became a thing, like recently, I never really understood why you you know you don't see it in the professional level at any at any I mean any sport. You you don't see it whenever you see an isolated event, like for instance, you had the streaker at the Super Bowl. What was it? Twenty-five guys there immediately <laughs> submerged on them. Bring him down. The security is impeccable at all these professional events. Yet, for some reason, college administrators—they don't think about this ahead of time. They don't do any prevention. There has to be something done. Look, I'm all for fans being happy their team won. And if you want to do some of this stuff. There has to be some kind of grace period to allow the visiting team to get off the floor. What's your take, Dan? What's your take on all this from the nonsense we saw against uh, Duke and Wake in the Kyle Filipowski situation, the latest incident? Well, real quick about the Super Bowl streaker, I don't think that guy should be allowed to cash out his money because, <laughs> first of all, he's ruined it for all, for all of us because that bet is just going to be off the table forever. Correct. I mean, it's a very smart move. I imagine, because I here's the thing. If you have, the, I don't remember how much money he put on there being a streak at the Super Bowl, but I think it was around like $50,000. Yeah, so he probably yeah. already had that money, but I like to imagine he didn't have that money. And he went up to some guy at the bank and he said, hey, man, look, I want to take out a loan. It has a 100% chance of being returned because right. I'm about to do this. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, so already that, I mean, it's, it's just scamming. I mean, I don't it really is. care because you're ripping off a casino, Vegas which scam. is like, who really cares? Uh, it's kind of like one of those, why didn't I think of that moments? Anyways. Uh, the court storming thing. <laughs> Look, I'm okay with it. Uh, obviously, how it's been handled, especially recently, has not been great. As uh, people have mentioned, it was an administrative failure. It's it's a matter of this. It's a popular thing, especially in the college game, simply because for the students, uh, before going out into adulthood, for the players, before you know they either continue on with the professional career or you know if they enter the workforce, uh, this is their last chance of like being able to express some youthful energy. So the fact that we want to storm a court or storm a field after a football win, I'm not opposed to that in a college atmosphere. In a pro atmosphere, it's a bit different. It's a bit more buttoned up. And it's one of the things that, you know, when we talk about, oh, we're losing so much of, like, the pageantry of college athletics with everything that's going on. This is one of the things that has to stay. It does come down to a matter of, yes, we want to have player safety, so there absolutely does need to be a grace period, and that's where uh, you just hold the uh, feet to the fire of the people who are at the stadium, are in the administration, uh, are working those sidelines. You do have to have a grace period. And we have tried to see some stuff uh, implemented in the past with, you know, when you see the handshake lines going, and they get the roped-off sections really quick. you got to be able to have something like that. You have to be fast about it. In a situation, like at the end of the game there, 
you got to remind me because it's not off the top of my head. I should pull up the score. It was Wake up by four or by three. Because this wasn't uh, a situation where Duke could throw the ball in and win the game. No, they could not win the game because they started coming out on the floor before the final seconds ticked off the clock, which is why people were saying, why was Filipowski in the middle of the floor? Well, because there was still time There's on the clock. There's still time on the clock, exactly. So he's on the floor because the game is not over, and then that's when the rush came. So, yeah, you're right. They were not going to be able to win the game anyway, but they started running out there with about – you can see the replay. There's about two seconds left when they start storming the court. So he's like, uh-oh, well, you know – they, if, if you have the grace period, that, that's where I'm at, too, on this thing. If you allow the other team to get off, this is basically a basketball thing. And I'm, and I'm going to separate what happens in football and basketball. Uh, a basketball thing, it's 94 feet. You're in close quarters. We're there broadcasting a game on press row. Uh, there's not very much room. You know, you've got the courtside fans. They're right on top of you. And you've got the game action going on. You're right beside the benches. Like tonight, we'll be right beside the Radford bench. I mean, you're right there. There's just not enough room to get away from people in that short a space, and that's why the basketball court storming is so bad. It's just so ridiculous that they don't have better safety measures. On a football field, um, albeit it was idiotic that Tech fan uh, stormed the field when they won against UVA, considering they beat UVA every year, and it shouldn't be that big of an emotional thing. But, hey, whatever rose your boat – not only is there more space to navigate through where guys can get out of the way, those guys are also wearing their armor, right? They've got their helmet. They've got their shoulder pads. They've got on all their equipment. Fans aren't going to be able to do much with any of the football players because they're wearing gear and the fans are not. Not that it makes it right if they do try to do something, but I'm just saying it's not the same vibe as this, oh, my goodness, I look up, I'm trying to go to the handshake line, or I'm trying to get off the floor, and now I have all these bodies that are just running full speed uh, right at me. Uh, that uh, it's just it's just it's amazing to me this hasn't come in and been more of a focus point, focal point for schools before now. You know? Yeah, and I think when you're looking at uh, where the students are rushing from, obviously the construction of the arena that we're talking about. I think plays a role because let's let's compare it to let's compare it to Virginia Tech. Castle Guard, personally, I'm not a fan of where Castle Guard is in the stadium. I'm not a fan of the student section not being directly on the floor. I like I, I like how Michigan State does it because I grew up with it. But I, I think it's a good way that they do it. They do just like the lower bowl wrapped all the way around the the court. That's the student section, and I, I love that because I love and I love what Duke does with Cameron Crazies. They're right there. They're right on the floor. Uh, they're in the lower bowl. That's where the students should be. But Virginia Tech also has the failsafe of if we're ever going to rush the court, <laughs> you're going to have to jump like seven feet uh, onto the floor. Now, I don't think every single stadium should implement that as some sort of quote-unquote safety measure, uh, but it does heavily limit uh, the ability and the ease of students to rush the court as compared to the wake situation where you're just stepping out from your seat in the front row and you're directly there in the middle of the action when players are still trying to get off. Um, yeah, it, it just comes down to we need better handling of this stuff. If the game ends up in a situation where it's out of hand, uh, I think we need to talk about getting players away from that section earlier, even if there is still time left on the clock. Like, if you're down by, who knows, like seven points, 
with 10 seconds left in your opposing team and you're going to inbound the ball, be the refs and just go over to the rest of the players and be like, all right, guys, just just move over to the side. You're, you're not winning this game. Um, and at the same time, too, I mean, this just popped in my head. How, how could we integrate a rule change where we bring advancement of the ball into men's basketball to where it's not as much of a crazy rush where players are still trying to move around a lot in a full court setting as compared to a half court setting, what amount of changing that could, you know, better this situation in the future. Again, it just just comes down to the people in charge need to be prepared for this to happen. And so when the situation arises, they have to be the ones to, you know, get the fans ready, uh, get the players out of the way, get them safe, uh, get the coaches and staffs all situated, and then we can have a court storm. We can have, you know, the home team uh, meet up with all the students at midcourt, big celebration. As long as safety is uh, there, I don't see why this has to be a thing that goes away. Um, we're seeing, you know, small, I think, isolated dis- in- incidents when it comes to these players getting hurt. Most of the time, this is not something that happens. It's just, you know, we have a couple high-profile players that have gotten in the middle of this. Uh, so it's getting more attention drawn to it. But all in all, I think it's a positive good for college athletics, college basketball. Uh, I want to see it stay. I don't want to see it banned. Um, it just comes down to the adults in the room, you know, need to just take charge. Well, be smarter about there, it. And therein lies the problem. We're talking about adults and college athletics. When have they made good decisions over the last, what, 50 years, right? Yeah, we're still <laughs> Regardless waiting. Regardless of what level. I got your good decisions on line one. Right, exactly. I mean, it's just it's crazy. We got a a call. Who we got? Oh no, uh, that's exactly. I we don't have a call because there are. Oh, we don't. Oh, okay, okay. I I thought we had a call. Yeah, I just uh, people do not. I mean, people who run college sports don't think of these things until after something happens, and we can't wait for something to happen because you're going to have an incident too now with the players are all. Think about this too. Players are now all on alert, so you're going to start seeing. These opposing players, when it happens, look to defend themselves at all costs. And when they do it, they're going to start being the aggressor. Um, you already have lost the game already, and you see somebody running at you, you're going to be maybe a little aggressive. It's going to lead to a major, major incident. And to sit around and wait until something happens is not the the way to do it. You know, to sit around and say, well, we haven't had any major things, so it should happen. But they have to be able – look, I don't, and I don't care. Once the other team's off the court, have at it. If you want to storm your own players and run around out there, then so be it and have a great time. But you've got to allow a minute or so for those guys to be able to go through, do what they're supposed to do with sportsmanship, with the hand, or just eliminate the handshake line altogether. You can't have it both ways. But if you're going to still have the handshake line, let them get off the floor add extra security, do something, and then if you want to go out there and uh, act like a moron and scream and shout and jump up and down, then you can. Do whatever you want, right? But get them off the floor. Just get them off the floor, the other team. That's all. That's all they need to do. Get them off the floor. Yeah, we don't need another uh, Ron Artest 2004 situation on our hands. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's going to happen. And when it, it, it's going to happen and you have to wait till somebody gets really hurt or – it's going to happen. It, it's it's going to happen. It's going to be an incident where we're going to hear coming up soon, I guarantee you. A player 
is just going to absolutely cock somebody. I mean, you're going to see him just take out somebody, and then you're going to have it from the other side. And then this player is going to fall under scrutiny. To be fair, there is an element of enjoyment, especially when that happens on a football field. <laughs> I do like seeing just some rando just walking out there and someone going prime real. Oh, I do too. Yeah, hey, oh, you run so out fun. there on the field. You run yeah, out we there haven't the seen field. it in a long time. Absolutely. But... Yeah. Go back and look up. Um, I don't know if you know who Mike Curtis is. He's he's a former terrific linebacker for the Baltimore Colts. There's a famous incident. A game at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, the old Memorial Stadium, where a fan runs out there in the middle of the field, and, you know, guys are just kind of like, what's going on? And he takes the guy out. I mean, he just absolutely takes the guy out. Yeah. And at that point, anything goes. Fans, if players are not uh, allowed to go in the stands, nor should they be, fans should not be allowed to go on the playing surfaces. End of story. I'm looking right. at it right now. Why do I need a 15-second ad for a 20-second video? <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's the way we keep uh, watching them without subscribing. But watch Mike Curtis. You're going to see number 32 there for the Colts. This guy runs out. He's not a streaker. He's just some moron out there, and you're going to watch him just take him down. And that's that's the way it should be. I have no problem at all with players taking down fans when they do that. None whatsoever. They shouldn't be out there. Just like fans, uh, players should never go into the stands or do anything to fans. Fans should not be allowed to do anything. And I, this whole thing last night with the throwing bottles at players and stuff. I mean, we buying a ticket doesn't give you. Oh a man, right. he made a bubble. <laughs> yeah, he made, did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a second ad. Somehow, I got a second ad on a twenty-second video. You got two ads. I got two ads. Two fifteen-second oh. ads. Why do I have to wait thirty seconds to watch twenty seconds worth of footage? Huh? And it's you just some guy ads. recording his TV with a phone or something. <laughs> All right, he's, all right, well, first of all, his running technique is terrible. Picks up the ball, yeah. doesn't tuck it, just carry it in two hands. Nice little shot. That's, Curtis that's, takes that's, him hey, that's a, legal, that's a legal hit in today's NFL. Absolutely. That's not targeting. Absolutely. But that's the way to handle it right there. Or you can do what uh, Seth Greenberg and Jay Billis said. There's two ways to handle this. If you want it to end entirely, find the school a million dollars, which will never happen. Start throwing people in jail. And... Here's the thing that would really happen. This is what Bill said. Bill said, make a rule to where if you storm the court, you forfeit the game. Ooh. Then, then it would come to an end. He's exactly right. How Okay. Do we get a grace <laughs> period for that, though? Because I'm thinking <laughs> you got to give him like 30 seconds. Because a- after the final whistle, I mean – Maybe if you storm the court while the other team is still on the court. I'm okay with that. Forfeit the game. Then you forfeit the game. But if you put that in and made that a conference rule, that regardless of the result, and if the NCAA, you know, accepted it, well, they won the game, but they forfeit the win because they didn't. Then it would stop. Think about that. Then it would stop. You can't. Obviously, schools are not allowed to encourage this. But I have a simple solution. Just build into the scoreboard a stoplight. (laughs) <laughs> Red means stop, green means go. <laughs> stop, yeah, just like you're driving. Just put it on yellow, or, or, oh, this would be fun. Get one of those F1 yes, starter the starter, lights. Yes, the starter lights. Little yes. countdown, three, two, one, there when it flashes go. green, everyone goes. Put it on the big video board, yeah, let the players get off, and as the players are getting off, they adjust what light is showing, and then they can just get down and go nuts. Hey, I think we just go. solved this. I think we got it. I think you and I need to take that proposal to the NCAA right there.
I think that works. It's almost I too like easy. It. It's almost it like almost they won't is. do it. See, we did it in a morning where both of us haven't had much sleep. How about that? The we NCAA. get more done in 20 minutes than the NCAA I mean, gets done in 20 years. 70 years. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back. We have to wrap up hour number two. We're here just solving the world's problems here this morning. From North Charleston, Bill Rolfe, David Teal coming up in hour three. More coming up here as we wrap up the second hour. Don't go away. about done here actually we are done hour three coming up bill rolf david teal the power hour when we return here on a wednesday from north charleston south carolina 